Good morning, a good Erev Shabbos. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Va'era, Tavshin Peibes. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Shabbos Mavarchim. We're going to bench the new month, the new month of Rosh Chodesh, Shvat. And uh, when we hear Shvat already, we hear in the footsteps, the month of other coming. This year is going to, we're going to have two others, but we're still in the middle of a of the. Uh, we're still in the middle of not only the parashiyos of Golos and the beginning stages of Gula, but uh, we're also in a matziv, uh, as we all know. The Omicran is uh, widely spreading throughout the world, and it's definitely wreaking havoc on many, many countries. And uh, we thought that we were over with the uh, with the. Um, with the main part of the uh, pan-epidemic, but we see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is running the world and the different variants and everything else which is coming into the world is something which we have to recognize is really messages from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and it's all aspects of Golos. And um, I also have to mention, I want to mention just right away, I didn't give a, shmo- a Zoom shmooze last night, but uh, I was contemplating what I was going to speak about, and hopefully we'll get a chance to speak about it a little bit more in detail. But unfortunately, we have to speak about the devastating news that has taken place within the community, especially here in Israel, of a um, uh, so-called educator who took his own life after the uh, news about the many, many years of... of um, of terrible things which he did to 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 young people, and and on older people, uh, the Walder story, and I'm not going to go into a lot of detail over here, but just to say, preface my my remarks by just saying one thing, that we see that this has entered into our, and not entered into our, uh, I would say our population, our our our. our from population, unfortunately, this is not the first time. I hope it's going to be the last time. The main message we have to give is that for sure we have to have Rachmanus on the, um, those that uh, were affected by this horrible person. And at the same time, we also have to be able to say to ourselves and to teach our children that this should be a lesson for them they should learn that they should not allow this to happen. And if they hear or they see anything, we have to teach and educate them. They say they should immediately bring it to their parents. And if it has to be brought to the authorities, it should be brought to the authorities. And it's not something to play around with. I want to get that out. And this is all part of the Gula, all part of the Golas, and hopefully it's going to bring us to the Gula. Rabbi says, we say we try to get the Chizuk from the Parsha. And uh, as we always do, to maybe tell some stories. So I'll try my utmost to bring out some insights from the parasha. And as we know, the parasha is, a, you know, it has, a, it has different parts to it. But the beginning part of the parasha is really continuing discussion that goes on between Moshe and the Rebbeinu Shalom. It started last week where HaKadosh Baruch Hu convinced Moshe to go and to tell Pyro to let Klai Yisrael leave Mitzrayim, and Moshe Rabbeinu is having a discussion 
because pyro just makes it more difficult. Moshe Rabbeinu co- complains. He says, "Me ozbasi al pyro, hey relam It made made it worse. V'hatzil loitzilas amecha. Wasn't he weren't able to save them? And there's Kodesh Baruch said at the end of the parsha. No, you know what? I'm going to eventually take them out to Tiras Asher Esel You're going to see what's going to happen. And in the beginning of this week's parsha, he speaks very harshly against Moshe. That's the Lashon of Rashi. He says, "Ve'dabra lekim al Moshe." Moshe Hakadosh Baruch Hu spoke Dibros Lashon Kasha. Elokim is a Lashon of Midas Hadin. Ve'yayim elavni Hashem. On the other hand, he still says the words. You should know that in the midst of everything, there's um, there's Midas Harachmanus from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. I think this fits in with what the Psukim, the upcoming Psukim later on, in the next Psukim, where, where the Torah tells us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe Rabbeinu that I heard the cries of Kla Yisrael, and you should tell Kla Yisrael different Lashonis of Gula. And one of the Lashonis, the first Lashon of Gula is, I'm going to remove you from the, the burden of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And this word, Sevel, Burden uh, is used in a few times in the context of the Gullus over here. The concept of Sevel, the Chedush Arim points out, it has a um, a plus and a minus. On one hand, we learn how to bear with the Tsaris. On the other hand, the bearing with it is sometimes getting used to it. And this is a, an aspect of the Gullus that we, we, we unfortunately, we don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And um, we we kind of tough it out. The Chedush Rim says that one of the hardest things in the Golas is it's it's harder to take the Golas out of the Jew than it is to take the Jew out of the Golas. And this is what the Hakadosh Baruch is telling us: I'm going to take you out of the of the burden of but the fact that you're bearing the 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 the, the of Mitzrayim, that you've fallen into this so-called. Um, I would say uh, somewhat of a comfort zone that you got used to it. No, Akash Baruch was promising us that he's going to take the gullus out of the Jew. And that's something that we have to play a role with. And we find this uh, a ray of light on what it says. We know that the four of the shinies of Gula, which are Vatsesi, Vitsalti, Vagalti, Vilakachti. And we speak about these four of the of Gula on Leil Pesach. The Balaturim says that the gematria of Hetzesi, Vitzalti, Vagalti, Vilakachti is the same amount as the words, Ze'oni B'Yisrael, Le'yifchusulam, Me'arba Kaisa Shayayim. This is really a hint to what the Mishnah says in Psachim, that even a poor person in Klai Yisrael, you should not have less, should not have less than four cups of wine. That's where we have the concept of the Arba Kaisas of Gula, which we drink on Le'el Pesach. And over here it's teaching us a lesson. The lesson is that the only person that's an Ani is an Ani Bedas. Someone who is doesn't have the light of knowledge, of understanding. But a true free person is able to see light no matter how dark it is. And that's what the Torah is teaching us. Is that if when we have we have light of Das light of understanding, that we're under the protectionship of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with us under all circumstances. And even when it seems like it's Midas Hadin, like it says in the beginning of the Lakim, but it's always Ani Hashem, there's always a, a, a Tzad of Rachmanus. HaKadosh Baruch Hu 
wants to be a Rachman to us, and HaKadosh Baruch is a Rachman to us. And when Moshe Rabbeinu is complaining about the Mid of HaKadosh Baruch the message is, like the Shalom HaKadosh says, that we have to learn a lesson from here. The lesson is that a Jew should not complain, but should accept that HaKadosh Baruch is a Rachman, and no matter what this Matzav is, there is a Midas HaRachmanus over here. There's a story which took place this past week, which is really beyond understanding. In the midst of all of the tsars that we've been having throughout the pan epidemic and throughout the, all the tragedies that have taken place in the past few years, <laughs> so many, so many continuous, unfortunate events which have taken place. There was a yeshiva bacher by the name of Ephraim Re'em, a wonderful, wonderful ben Torah, come from a very prominent, distinguished uh, Yushalmi home. And he went up to Maron to go daven at the kever of the tzaddikim and to go to other kvarim, to Rabshim And then, unfortunately, there was a big storm called the Carmel Storm that took place a little bit over a week and a half ago. And, unfortunately, he was he was walking in different places to different kvarim, and it was pouring rain, and his, his phone died, and he wasn't properly closed without getting into the rights and wrongs and everything else. Eventually, uh, there was a um, a massive amount of police and other first responders that were searching for him, and the family was all up in north in Maron. They were all involved with the search, and they hoped and they prayed they'd be able to find him. But unfortunately, on Arab Shabbos, literally a week ago, Arab Shabbos Mois at three fifty, ten minutes to four, the police uh, first responders were able to find the body of uh, Ephraim. Uh, who was a tremendous, tremendous Oivet Hashem and a, tamad, a young budding Talmud Chacham and uh, they immediately they wanted to inform the family and they needed to also ask the family to come and identify the body. Now this is literally uh, minutes before Shabbos 4.12 was Adlokas Neirus so by the time they came to the house the family they didn't know that this was going to happen but they understood when they heard that the police wanted to come to see them, that they're probably coming to see them about identifying the body. They already were dressed. The father of Ephraim is a Rosh Hashiva, and his mother is a Rebetzin. They were already dressed for Shabbos. They already had set the table for Shabbos. And when the police came, they said something which might seem strange, but if you delve into it, you'll see how unbelievable the Amun and Betochen that these, these people have. They said, listen, we know you want us to come and to identify the body. There's no reason for us to go now. It's going to cause a lot of Chilu Shabbos. We would rather we should wait until after Matzah Shabbos. It should be less Chilu Shabbos that is done for Ephraim. And we'll come right after Shabbos. And we're asking you, the police, please try not to do any Chilu Shabbos because that will be a schus for our son Ephraim. So schus, we know this was all uh, preordained by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And, um, and we're able to be civil. And there was family members that were there. There was an aunt that was there. And she's the one that said over the story, she said, the truth is, it's truly unbelievable. Any na- the natural expression of a family when they hear that a, a loved one dies is to, to cry. And that's a natural expression. But if you hear these people, they're the extraordinary kaychas and unbelievable kaychas. And they're able to be soival, the, 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 the tzara, because they knew it was Shabbos. And in Shabbos, they said, we don't want to be mitzvah because it says you're not supposed to be mitzvah on Shabbos. And they end up having a Shabbos where they had Divrei Torah and they sang and they ate 
And they even spoke about Ephraim, but they spoke about the positive things, and they spoke about his personality. They spoke about how um, it was very fitting that he should be found right before Shabbos, and his neshama is going up to heavens on, on, on Shabbos Kaddish. And it reminded me of the f- famous story of Reb Shlomo Zalman Arbach, again, tremendous koichas. His wife passed away in the hospital in Sharit Tzedek. He had been there the whole night with her. And when he when she passed away, it ended up the family members that were with him. And they went down to the lobby. If I guess they'd made preparations when the kvur was going to be. I myself remember that Leviah was a tremendous Leviah for the Rebetzin Orbach. And when he got downstairs, there was a Talmud from Yeshiva's called Torah of Reb Shlomo who didn't know that Reb Shlomo Zalman's wife had passed away. And his wife had just given birth to a baby boy. So he saw Reb Shlomo Zalman, his Rebbe, his Rashiva, went over to him and he said, Rebbe, I, my wife had a baby boy. And Reb Shlomo Zalman turned to him and gave him this thousand-watt, typical Reb Shlomo Zalman smile. And he said, ah, mazel tov, mazel tov, nachas. And he gave him a big bracha. And then he turned around to the family and the family looked at him <laughs> like stunned. And they said to him privately afterwards, says, you know, Abba, Zaidi, how can it be? You know, this person comes to you in the middle of your the, the, the lowest point in your life, the loss of your wife, and you, and you can at least tell him, you know, listen, I just have a tragedy. It's hard for me to be besimcha for you. Shlomo Zalman said, what does one got to do with the other? My tzara, I don't have to lay on somebody else. It's my personal tzara. And this Talmud has a simcha, and therefore he has a right to be besimcha. In the midst of the Golos, Rabbi Sai, we have to be able to have the Kaychus of Geula. And we find this concept really replete within the Parsha. The Parsha says that HaKadosh Baruch told Moshe Rabbeinu an unbelievable thing. He says, And Rashi makes a comment over here, which is really astounding. He says that you should uh, be mitzavah klai Yisrael, to be soivel them. Moshe Rabbeinu had to be soivel klai Yisrael. Klai Yisrael was not an easy nation. He says, you know what? You're going to go take them out of Mitzrayim. There's going to be a lot of tzaras you're going to have to go through. So he's giving them, he's he's warning them, be soivel them. Be able to overcome and to bear with them. They're worthwhile. And then he says, you know what? I want you, he came in them to, when they go to Pyro, they have to give Pyro covered. Why? Because Pyro is a melech, and a melech deserves to get covered. Who is Pyro? Pyro is this Russia Marusha, is killing all the Jewish people. <laughs> you know, you know what? Yes, he's a Russia Marusha. But there's a concept of covered of the melech. These two attributes that HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe and Aaron to do, are really attributes that we all of ourselves have to learn how to somehow inculcate them into our lives. Not easy. But these are the messages that we see from modern day stories today of people who have losses and they're somehow, somehow able to overcome that uh, immediate feeling, which is of loss, of sorrow, of difficulty, of mourning. And they're able to put it aside when it comes to a Shabbos. And then they say, on Matzah Shabbos, this family, they broke out in tears and there was a big Leviah and the father gave a big hesped and he said, he cried. He said, "Haben Yakeli Ephraim Yelad Shashuim." He spoke wonderful, wonderful things about his son. These are the kaiches that Klal Yisrael inculcates how we get through the Golos. And someone pointed out that this really hinted to in the language of the Orachayim Hakadosh. Orachayim Hakadosh says on the pasuk, 
Perik Vav Pasuk Tes, that Moshe says to Klai Yisrael, and Moshe says, uh, that Moshe Rabbeinu speaks to Klai Yisrael, and he says, they're not able to hear me because of the shortness of breath. And um, Rashi says, when a person has a lot of tzaras, so he's not able to take a deep breath, he takes small, small, short breaths, he can't have a long, deep breath. And the Mepharshim say, in the Arachayim says an unbelievable thing. Why were Klaizol not able to hear the message of Gula? Moshe Ben has come along and says, I'm going to let you, be, you're going to be let out. Looking forward to that. The answer is, Because they were not sons of Torah. Here, B'nai Torah does not, not necessarily mean the modern day Lashon of B'nai Torah. What it means is they weren't students of the Torah yet. And that's called When a person has the the the, the spiritual uh, inculcation, the spiritual vaccine of Torah, he's able to take things into the proper perspective. And over here, the Klaiso was not yet at that point. But this is a message. The message is that we are able to somehow learn and glean from the way Moshe Rabbeinu deals with life, the way Klai Yisrael is being taught how to deal with life, that in the midst of the Golas, in the midst of the Midas Adin, we can still recognize that there's a, gola, there's a Gula that's going to come about. There's two more Vartz that I want to share with the Olam for Shabbos. Gevaldi, Gevaldi, Gevartz. The Torah tells us <laughs> unbelievable thing. The Torah says that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron Akayin, okay, uh, they go together. They're told to go together. And um, HaKadosh Baruch gives them, um, gives them uh, what, what they're supposed to say. And it says, Moshe Aaron. This is Perak Zion, Pasuk Vav and Zion. Moshe and Aaron go and they do just like HaKadosh Baruch commanded them to do. And then the Pasuk says, Moshe ben Moshe was 80 years, Aaron was 83 years, and Rashi does not comment on this. But everyone asks the question, what is this doing of here? The Sephardah says something, Ibn Ezra says something, I just wanted to say over what I saw from Rav Shem Shwab, What's the importance of saying how old Moshe and Aaron were? The answer is that Moshe and Aaron now coming to, to Paro. And they want to convince Paro that he should let his people go. What do they tell them? Hey, guess what? You know who we are? This is Moshe. Moshe was that yellow that 80 years beforehand, you had decreed, Kol Haben you had said that all the the borns, the, the, the males of Klai Yisrael should be thrown into the into the Nile. And and this is also Aaron. Aaron was three years beforehand when he had given a decree not only to the Jews, but also to the non-Jews on a certain day. And Aaron was also supposed to be killed. And what did they say to him? They're telling him, listen, listen, Pyro, your Gezeros are not fulfilled. The only ones whose Xeris are fulfilled is HaKadosh Baruch Really, this is a great, great insight that we see that you have to take a look at the long picture. Moshe and Aaron announced showing Pyro the long picture from 80 years before, and you might have had a rulership over it, over us, but you know what? All your decrees were not able to be fulfilled because we're now standing in front of you. This was all part of the Muslims that they have to give to Pyro. There's one other Gavaldic of art, which really we have to speak about, we see there's a great discussion that goes on between Moshe and Akadosh Baruch Hu, and he says, um, 
Bnei Yisrael can't listen to Lashon Boilai, Be'ech Yishmeni Paravani Aral Sifasayim. Klaiso didn't listen to me, so for sure, um, Paro is not going to listen to me, because I'm an Aral Sifasayim. Truth is, the Pasuk is said twice, two different places in the beginning of the parasha. But the question is, Moshe Rabbeinu already had this discussion with, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He said, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu was convincing him to go, he says, Lo ish dvarim anochi, in Perik Dalet Pasuk Yud, I was never a good speaker, ki chvad peh, uchvad lashon anochi. I'm, uh, I have a heavy uh, lisp or a uh, stuttering, and it's not, I can't speak. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, well, you know what? Who gives the power to speech? It's at me. And therefore, I'm with you, and I'm going to send you Biatishloch, and Rashi says it's iron, and therefore you don't have to worry about it. So, what's the repetition the second time in Parshas Vayru where Baruch, Moshe Rabbeinu is complaining to, 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 to him that I'm I'm Anir Al Sifasayim? And also, why does he say in our Parshas Anir Al Sifasayim? The previous Parshas says the Lushan of Kfat Pet. So, I saw the Sefer Megid Yosef from my old Chavrusa, Reb Yosef Sarotsk, and the Gavaldika Insight. He says there's two different aspects over here. One is called a kvad peh, and what's called a anir al The kvad peh was a physical impediment that Moshe Rabbeinu had. He was a stutterer. He wasn't able to speak. We know the famous story, what happened. And he said, I'm not going to be the proper person to tell Klai Yisrael. Klai Yisrael needs an orator. That's something, and therefore they're not going to be convinced by me. I have to take them out of the Sivlis Mitzrayim. It's very hard to take them out of the Sivlis Mitzrayim. If they hear a passionate speaker, they'll be able to draw them forth. I don't have that ability. On that, HaKadosh Baruch said, I'm going to give you Aaron. But if you hear, in Parshas Ve'eru, it's a different lesson. He's not talking about the Indian of speaking to the masses. He's talking about giving over a message to Paro. And what is he going to tell him? He says, I heard from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, Paro was in touch with all the great forces. And he said, well, how do I know that you're a Navi? A Navi? This is what Moshe Rabbeinu was worried about. There's an Indian that it could be that if a person has a speech uh, or a, some sort of blemish, a mum, then he's puzzled and he can't be a Navi. So Moshe Rabbeinu was saying that even though you're talking to me, but it could be that Pyrrha's not going to listen to me because he's going to say, I'm puzzled because I'm an Aral Sifasayim. It's a different language. The whole discussion is between Dani Aral Sifasayim and Eich Yishma'eni Pyrrha. This was the lesson that Moshe Rabbeinu was giving over that uh, two points. Number one is, is that a Kvad Peh, and that HaKadosh Baruch had given him an answer. And now we have to say, what's the answer to the question of why he's able to be the Navi in the eyes of Pyro? The answer is, HaKadosh Baruch says, because I'm giving the message over not only to you, but also to Aaron. And Aaron doesn't have, his, have, doesn't have an aroused assignment. And therefore, it's a proof that you are also fit to be a Navi. And this is not considered a psal. And that was the answer that was given. Rabbi Sai. Some great, great varts, some interesting stories, some uh, insights into how we're dealing with life in the midst of the Gullahs. And we hope that we get chizuk. We should go into this parasha with renewed enthusiasm, with a renewed commitment that we should somehow remove the Gullahs from within ourselves. We should be soivel when we have to be soivel, but we shouldn't be soivel too much. We should be able to have the, the, the godless hamoichin 
to not worry about the Oni Bedas, we should have the four Lashonis of Gula, Vitsaisi, Vitsalti, Vagalti, Vilakakti, and we should be Zoycher to the Lashon Hachamishis, which is a Vesel or it's a Zeis. We should be Zoycher Mitzashem to the Gula Shlema, wishing everyone a wonderful Shabbos and a good Gebenshta Chaydish. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, it'd be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.